Welcome to the season two finale of Powered by Her. I am Tiffany Anton and I have Lisa Yurick in with me today. I want to give you a little bit of history on the season two of Powered by Her. We had almost 14,000 downloads for Powered by Her for this season. <laughs> Forgot to mention, we have a live uh, audience in, in the studio today. Um, okay. <laughs> I want to thank some of our sponsors for this season. CG's Boutique and iCenters of Tennessee both sponsored podcast episodes throughout the season. I want to thank our Powered by Her sponsors for the community that we've been building, which include Cookville Creative for all that they've done for us, letting us host these crazy events, um, The Biz Foundry, Royal House of Cheese for providing snacks and yummy goodness for all of our events, and Petal Rake for our um, beautiful displays throughout the season. Tonight's sponsors were Andrea Burkhart and Grant Burkhart, Grant Burkhart with New York Life. Taylor Hill did the beautiful balloon display outside and Royal House of Cheese with his grazing table next door. So tonight, without further ado, we have Lisa Yurick, who is an amazing author, co-owner of a business, community mentor, community leader, all around amazing woman, Lisa Yurick. <laughs> I am so, so, so happy for, that you're here. Um, I, as I was kind of preparing for this podcast episode, um, I wasn't sure how well known you were in the community. I met you, I remember, at a happy hour with the Biz Foundry. Um, it was a snowy night in January. No one else was there except you and Dave. Yeah. And me and Jeff. <laughs> um, and I was like, who is this woman? She's full of life, full of um, encouragement for the community. You love entrepreneurship. And so I, you know, that was kind of how I knew you. And then as I talked about you, I realized how connected you were with all sorts of different aspects of the community. Oh, that's very kind. I've, I love the Biz Foundry and I love the work that you've been doing. And you've been building so much with this podcast. I mean, so I've been watching, watching this. And it's, it's amazing the distance between that moment and this moment and how the Biz Foundry has grown and how you have grown. How you and, have grown. I you know, know you're going yeah. to turn around because that's <laughs> how you do. But um, so you just um, published America Becoming just recently. Um, and so what made you want to write a book? Well, I've been thinking about this idea for a couple of decades, and it struck me when I was in I was in grad school and I was studying developmental psychology, and I was listening, and and you know America came to mind, and I've always been really interested in the development of our country, and it just struck me that our country is going through the same kind of developmental process that a person does, and so this idea took root, and I've been talking and wearing my friends out with it and, and Dave out with it for many years. And then a, a couple of years ago, um, Dave sort of pushed me literally in front of a group of publishers and said, pitch the book. And I did, and they liked the concept. And so thus began the journey. It was about a two year journey to get it published and to, to put it all together, but it felt, and I wrote it maybe three times in the process because you write it and then you write it again and you write it again. And and eventually it came out. So the other business that you do, besides mm -hmm. an author, um, you own, you and your husband own Franklin Fixtures, which is mm -hmm. not like light fixtures, which is mm -hmm. what I say to everyone. <laughs> it's um, installments. How do, how do you explain it? Well, Dave and I went out on an employee uh, or an economic development journey Hunt. about the time we met you. And we had this vision of bringing a viable uh, good jobs to this this community. And we fell in love with this company called Franklin Fixtures. It was in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. 
and had been there since 1974 making bookshelves. Especially, you remember the movie You've Got Mail? Mm -hmm. so, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Yeah, we made the shelves, or the company made the shelves for that movie, and for bookstores all over the country, little bookstores, like so independent like indep bookstores. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so if you go into an independent bookstore, there's about an 8 in 10 chance you're looking at a Franklin fixture. And we just fell in love with, with the idea, the literacy, the, the community building especially. So every so we have a, a plant over here uh, in, in Cookville on Maxwell Street with about 42 employees. and. And in that space, skilled laborers that are, are able to yeah. put their skills to use right here yeah. in Middle Tennessee. Yeah, we've had we've had some wonderful people help us build, help build that together. It doesn't belong to any of us. It it, it belongs to all of us. And and we've been, you know, we moved it from Cape Cod. It's been a, a labor of love. Dave and I have learned more in the past six years than probably. I don't know, at least for me, the decades before, because it's it's not been easy, but it has been um, a real learning experience. And it so continues. one of the things I love is that you co-own this business with your husband, but you're really, and I've interviewed both of you before, um, and you're the voice, you're the the out there kind of um, beating down doors one of the, of the two of you, um, but he supports you and like you said pushes you in front of publishers how do you make that relationship um, work well in a business setting well Dave and I have always had this very natural we, we think of ourselves like pillars you know and, we, and you talk about that in the book yeah yeah it, it, we do talk I do talk a lot about that because it, it's kind of strength and strength and and it was interesting uh, you know we went through an impact leadership thing and took the strengths test and sort of reoriented our roles around our strengths he's an arranger and he likes putting things together and I like strategy and so we sort of rearranged our roles and and it works beautifully. We, we, it's like being a, a line figure skaters or something. But he, we divide the, the task. I used to be money in and he was money out. But, you know, now he's, he's really handling the facilities and the, and the daily operations. And I'm thinking, you know, what we keep saying with the business is we keep trying to build it so that everybody is leveling up all the time. So if I can think out a year or three years, then Dave can think out six months or a year and he can be looking at quarterly stuff and, and we build the next, you know, the, the rest of the people that we love so much that are, that are building it. They can think about the month or the quarter and not the week, not the hour. So we're, we're constantly building it and it's been uh, a, a real labor of love. That's our family over there. I'm going to throw a little awesome. bit of a curveball at you. So Powered by Her is a women's community, obviously. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I find so important is that we're not a man-hater community. Mm -hmm. And in this room right now, there, there, there's mostly women, but there are men in this, there are some in, men in, in this yeah. room. <laughs> and I, what do you think, um, how do you draw on Dave in the right ways to not feel like, to feel the strength of being a strong, powerful woman, but yeah. not feeling like you have to outpower him and, and outdo him? I think that that's a struggle sometimes with women. And so how do you, got, how do you make that work personally in your your professional career what an interesting question and it is a curveball um, <laughs> but I think, <laughs> but I think it, it's um, I get to be all of me mm -hmm. uh, with with Dave and he says he gets to be all of him and there is a permission to be all of yourself is a rare and precious thing you know when you're when you're with somebody any partner female male it, you know that that you get to to bring it 
bring everything that you are. There's, there, there's not a, a holding back or a, a sense of having to subdue yourself. You get to bring all that you are. And then, then the work is how do we best position each other and, and position the work so that we, so that we meld well. And, and that works for us. I mean, mm -hmm. there's just a, there's a, we worked well together uh, before we were together. So it, before so we kind of, before we were married. Yeah. So we, we came into a knowledge of, of being able to work together and just a unique, a unique partnership. But I think any I think ideas of exist. why you worked well together be before you just had a mutual respect? Well, we're really different mm -hmm. from each other. And at the same time, we think a lot alike. We tell people that if you talk to him or you talk to me, you, you, you're talking to the same person, you kind of get the same answer. And it's remarkable how aligned we are in the things that we want to do and mm -hmm. the things we think about. Um, I th he presses me, I press him. I mean, next week we're going to work on a hundred year vision and, you know, which is like, I said that out loud one day and then said, you know, now it's like going to be a thing, you know, we're going to work on a hundred yeah. year vision. None of us, neither of us expect. Now I don't think, you know, he would say that he, he didn't necessarily set out to, to, to think of a hundred year vision, but, yeah. but he's right there facilitating it and yeah. doing it. So it, it's, it's a, it is a tricky thing because, you know, especially when work is hard and, and there, you know, it's a dynamic you bring home and that becomes part of every, it's, it's the fabric. And I think early on we, especially in this business, we accepted that there was no separation from it. Mm -hmm. It was like when you have a child or you have, you know, you have a family, you're not going to take a vacation from that idea. Yeah. You, you know, so we took it on and we had to, had to, had to understand it and take it in deeply and accept that that's part of our reality. And so yeah. he's really good at creating space for us to, for me to stop nobody stops me. I just kind of keep going. So he I know stops me. <laughs> so he'll, he'll say, let's stop. And then we have that space that, that that's for us. And that's a really healthy thing. So speaking of kind of going, um, I was out at your, your space, um, mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago and you have this drawing of the wheel yeah. <laughs> on the wall, <laughs> which is many, many things, another book, a children's book, um, the, the facility near your home, um, stuff with the lake. What keeps you going to do it all? Well, that's what I showed you was kind of a water wheel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like you, I like a lot of different things. And for me, those all felt kind of disconnected and I wasn't sure. And that was one of our last year on 11, 11, we went away and we organized it into a water wheel and it suddenly made sense. It was like all of these things feed each other. So Franklin fixtures feeds U.S. Pillars, which is a general contracting and installation, and that kind of feeds the book efforts because the book efforts feed our presence in the book markets where we're showing. So it's, it's a series of connected activities that are probably going to take us the next 40 years to, to, to do. But really, it's not about us. It's really about creating a framework for people to come into. So it's it's our own version of a biz foundry or something you know, that, mm -hmm. that we're... We're, we wanted to see 11 businesses. We wanted to see different businesses. We want to create opportunities for people to step into, just like you're doing with the podcast. I mean, you, you create an opportunity that people step into and then they grow from it. So that's the, that's the hope. And so we're creating these spaces. Why? Why? Yeah. Why do you, why, what did, I mean, and you, you have one of the biggest hearts of people yeah. I know, but why keep going and going and going? Why not just put the, you know, put your efforts into what you already have? Well, you know, my, our faith is really important to us. My faith is real. I feel like we're, we're alive when we're serving, you know, yeah. and, 
Um, I like to say that there was work in the Garden of Eden. I mean, you know, we were made for effort. We were made for, you know, it, 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 it feels good. And I, there's a little story in the book when I was four years old. It's one of my first memories. And I remember asking my mom, um, how long am I going to live? And she's like, oh, you know, and she gave me a number. And I, I asked for the calculation because I didn't know how to subtract four from that. But it just struck me. <laughs> you know, it, was like, it was like, I don't have enough time. And I remember oh feeling that when I was four. It was like, I, I'm going to run out of time to do yeah. all the stuff I want to do. I need to get busy. Um, yeah. So by the time I was 11, I had a plan. I kind of had some things out. I wanted to be secretary of education. I wanted to restructure education. I wanted to, you know, so, so some big ideas. And they've just always kind of been in me. Yeah. And, and and, uh, and then the, you know, the book, the America's Speech and, and some of that, the 4-H, I, I've been fortunate to be surrounded by great people and inspiring people. So at 10 years old, do you, th you said at 11, you kind of had a list, yeah. but was there, you know, people say, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. Did you have a, d a direct answer or was it like, let me take out my, you know, Santa's list long of things I want to do. <laughs> out of the corner of my eye, I can see my friend Sharon <laughs> nodding, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, there was a list, you know, <laughs> and it's not come, it's not turned out like that list, but, but the themes are all the same. Yeah. You know, individual development, uh, American development mm -hmm. and, and service and growth and positivity and those kinds of things and seeing, you know, I really, I really felt like in fourth grade that, that education needed to be redone, you know, that it was like <laughs> a bad idea. It was like, this is an industrial model and it needs to be, it was, I was kind of old. I thought you were a joy for your teachers. <laughs> yeah, I might have been, but I kept it quiet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kept, kept that, those notions sort of quiet. Maybe not. I was yeah. always talking. Um, but, anyway. yeah. but you like to, you know, say that you were maybe a little on the quiet side. Yeah, I, I, I love doing. I, I love spending time in my granddaddy's hardware store and selling things and and seeing him hunker over a whatchamacallit with somebody and solve a problem. And to me, that was learning, community learning, because people came into his hardware store all the time to to solve a problem that was that was critical to them and he leaned over with them and learned and I was like yeah that's cool and my grandmother was was uh, on my dad's side was a, a huge teacher and she was all about teaching the community etiquette and learning and building the community so all of that is kind of got fed yeah what do you yeah. think um keeps you go you know how do you not tire out how do I not tire out I think I do tire out some, but you know, the energy. But clearly the, you have, a, you know, yeah, a community that kind of keeps you. I'm, I'm surrounded by great people yeah. who, who all bring energy. And when we bring our energy together and, it, and we're looking for hope and we're looking for positivity and we're looking for, um, you know, I think, and I put that in the book, that, that we thrive when we aim to serve each other. You know, when we, when we look at serving each other and we look at what we can do to serve, then there's energy that builds with that. I think when we look at what's coming at us, you know, and, and I put in there that there's one word I would love to like eliminate and that's deserve uh, because literally you're unserving. I deserve mm -hmm. when you, uh, you're taking it away. And when you go down the deserve path, I deserve better. I deserve more. I deserve to be talked to, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, then you're in this negative wheel that's going to take you down. Mm -hmm. You know, when you say I'm serving now, there are boundaries. There's all sorts of healthy kind of psychological, I'm, I'm not saying that we should be unhealthy, yeah. but to be focused on the love that we give, to be focused on the service that we can give is, 
there just feels like an endless, endless well. And so I, I begin the day um, in gratitude, just very thankful and saying a prayer of gratitude for all the things that, even the hard things, I think those are the, the most important things to be grateful for. Well, one concept that you talk about a, a lot is interdependence mm -hmm. in the, the book, which I think, again, um, for strong women is maybe a little bit harder yeah. of a concept to um, embrace. Especially me, when I was reading it, I, I, I just, it, it's hard. Yeah. Um, it does not come easy. And I think maybe talking about the community and, and serving kind of go along with that. So tell me about interdependence. Well, you know, you can't get such a great question. And you're right. There, there have been a number of people who have read it, especially strong women, who are like, I'm all about independence. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about this interdependent thing. Because if you aren't, because there's this notion of giving up your strength. I, I used to do... Um, uh, I used to do ropes events out in Palm Desert and with, with people, a lot of experiential kinds of training. And there was one exercise where people sat on the ground, back to back, no hands, and they had to stand up. Mm -hmm. And they have to go back against back Sounds to do terrible. that. So it was really a lot of fun. <laughs> but, but then that, that person joins another pair, and that, those four join another four. And you actually, much, I think you talk about this in the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah, pretty soon you got like 30 people. Do I? I didn't remember doing that. <laughs> you know, so, um, where they go up together because mm -hmm. they've got this back-to-back -back strength. Mm -hmm. So when you, can, when, you, when you really feel like you can press against someone and you can go back-to-back -back and go up against, you can create interdependence. It's a higher order. You cannot get interdependence unless you've got independence unless you feel solid in who you are and what you're about. And, you know, I've worked my whole career in male-dominated environments, mm -hmm. you know. So I've been, you know, in rooms filled with engineers who are known for their whatever. <laughs> They're marvelous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But rooms full of engineers and executives and such. And, and uh, to, to, to come with your own power and to fi figure that out is, is a hard thing. So I can understand... The idea of a hey, I want to be independent, but interdependence is the taller order because mm -hmm. that's if you think about a wedding, a marriage, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. it's a declaration. An engagement is first a declaration of hey, I want to be interdependent, and then you've got all this exploration time. What is that going to mean to our family? What is that going to mean to my career? What is that going to mean? And then you know, a wedding itself is is the ultimate declaration of interdependence, but it's just the start of figuring that out. So, uh, but. It only is healthy when you've got two independent, you know, two holes that are coming together, not out of their need or out of their, you know, yeah. I'm going to take from you, but, but the idea of I'm here to give to you and we're giving to each other. And, and well, and I think that that's really what we strive for with the Powered by Her community yeah. is instilling that independence and instilling you can do this. I mean, the logo itself is Rosie the Riveter yeah. um, or, or a nod to Rosie the Riveter. And so then, but, but bringing that community aspect of, we don't want to say, go do it on your own. We want to come together. We want to, you know, have lunches together. We want to do events together. We want to be together mm -hmm. and, and be right by your side and, and connected with you. Well, and you know, the book is a great example of an interdependent act. It's a community act. It's a, a lot of people contributing a lot of ideas and when you know the the podcast and bringing people together and bringing as I've watched your podcast and I've watched other women I I feel like I can make the and this room is full filled with interdependent connections and mm -hmm. and so I think one of our adulting uh, challenges because that my notion is that we're a teenager as a nation about to become an adult 
And, you know, we've even invented a word for it, adulting, and we don't like that word. <laughs> you know, so, um, uh, you know, we give it one star or something. But anyway, <laughs> um, but we're on the verge of becoming a young adult nation. And that, you know, the reason it's Declaration of Interdependence is if you really look at the Declaration of Independence, it's full of interdependent ideas. Um, but we had to grow up enough to kind of get that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where we are as a country. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the hopeful thing because there's an awful lot of hopelessness right now about the situation that we're in and, and the diatribes and the protests and the, all the different things. And we need, we need the light of hope. We need something pulling us forward. And that's what the book is kind of about is leveling up, looking at the context. Hey, we're on the verge of a great period in American mm -hmm. history if we it is a very it enthusiastic, well, you're an enthusiastic person, and, and just people have asked me, well, is it going to be like a polarizing book? Is it something, yeah. you know, is this the right thing for your, for Powered by Her? And I'm like, no, it's, it's a great, like you said, the light at, that, that's yeah. coming. I used to teach a class at Tech, at Tennessee Tech, and it was a class in leadership, and I wrote on the board, great leaders ask great questions. I had no syllabus, I had no book. I said, great leaders, it was a capstone leadership class. So I said, when you leave this place, you don't get a book, you don't get a syllabus, you're gonna be a leader. Great leaders ask quest great questions, what are yours? And that's what this book is about, is asking questions so that you can create a framework for yourself, mm -hmm. you know, to find your own answers. And I've had people, I have friends who are on both sides of the political set spectrum who were like, oh, this book is for me. <laughs> and, and I was really glad to see that because I didn't want yeah. to write about the content. I wanted to write about the context. You I know, love what people that you can have a political conversation with and you don't know which side of the, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the yeah. you know, line they're on. I, I like that because I think that it's educated. It's like you said, it's a higher level than just kind of getting in the mud and, and slinging yeah. insults back and forth. It's, it's, it's hard. Dialogue and discussion is, yeah. is in there. We need yeah, dialogue exactly. yeah, and, and we need space to figure out what we think. And right now there's so much pressure to take a side mm -hmm. and so much pressure to know immediately what you think about today's news or something. And you'll be pummeled with the heat of a thousand suns if you say it wrong. I mean, it's, 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 it's hard. You yeah. know? So um, what I'm hoping is that, is that groups, women, men, you know, the groups find their way into conversation and dialogue and into these questions for themselves so that they can move forward and figure out what they think yeah. and get some space. So what makes you stay here? Like you said, you bought this company that was in Massachusetts and you um, have grand ideas. You're publishing a book. What makes you stay in the Upper Cumberland and not decide that Bigger and Better is for Lisa Urich? Oh, this is big. This is okay. there's only one Cookville. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have like an influx after all the people listening. There's to only one. There's like, only one. I figured that out a few years ago, like, like a couple of decades ago, like you know when I was starting to get into internet. I'm like, this is internet gold. There is literally only one Cookville. Yeah. This is a fantastic. I get so excited. Dave teases me teases me that I work for the chamber or something because I I, I will say this is a micropolitan town. This mm -hmm. is you know, we are at the, you know, we're at the crossroads of a lot of America. We, we have so much going on for us right here. And, and when Dave and I were thinking about where we wanted to live, I mean, this is family, this is home. Um, and, uh, we want to be here. So in that, but as a community, I love the upper Cumberland. I yeah. love, I love the, there's such 
there's such diversity really richness here and pockets of, of really different activities and really different ways of thinking um, it doesn't always find its way to the surface yet you know but I think that's that we have a really rich fabric here I, th and I, and I agree I always say I think there's like a, a special ingredient about this area mm -hmm. I think it's diverse enough that you you know you're not watered down with everybody being the same but you are you can be a bigger fish in a, a small pond I, I, I don't think that that some of the stuff that we've done would have looked the same in a bigger area. Well, and in, in great big, you know, I've lived in large towns. I've lived in D.C. and Los Angeles. And I mean, the bigger the community, the, the smaller yours. I mean, mm -hmm. you know only a few people. I mean, in a community this size, you can, and in the Upper Cumberland, you can really make relationships and create interdependencies um, um, that, that are, are like a web that mm -hmm. really help you do things. You can, we can do a lot here. Um, and that's that's exciting to me. Well, and one of the things, I mean, we could go on and on about all the million things you do, but one of the things that you were doing for a little while is that you had started a Franklin Circle, mm -hmm. which is, uh, you were doing it monthly, right? Mm -hmm. um, kind of conversations based on the 13 values. Yeah, I love Help the Franklin Circle. So, and it's mentioned in the book. So Ben Franklin, mm -hmm. when he was in his 20s, he said, I need some virtues. I need to decide how I'm going to live the rest of my life. So he picked out 13 virtues that he wanted to guide his actions in his life. And he pulled together a diverse group of friends and he said, we're going to get together, not to argue, not to agree, but to come up with, to examine each virtue and come up with one action each week that we're going to take to improve ourselves and one action to improve our community. So this little junto, this little leather apron club, they met in a pub weekly for 44 years. <laughs> and out of that came the public library the volunteer fire department, the uh, first university, the college that people could go to, the, the first hospital that the regular people could, could, could enjoy. So all, a lot of the, the things that we really credit Ben Franklin with came out of this discipline of, of the first self-improvement club, if you mm -hmm. would. And I love the model because it's not about arguing. It's not about deciding. It's not about influencing each other. It's about finding an action, doing that action, coming back. So we did, we started one here and there are about five, 600 of them across the country today. So hundreds of years later, here we are and Ben Franklin circles are, are going strong. I would love to see 2000 of them happen. Um, there are a couple of people in this room that were in, in the one that we, we started and we made it about nine months. I will, I, I really need to restart that. That would be lovely. Because there's a lot of time in your calendar. Well, you know, I read the book when it's a great book yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's actually very interesting that, that we all have the same amount of times, yeah. but the science around it was if you can harness that five hours, that's your most productive five hours and protect it, you can get a lot farther hmm. faster. So, um, I rearranged my, my life and started protecting a, a five hour period where I could do my hard head work and, and that sort of thing. And then give myself some time, a couple of hours in the afternoon to network or talk to people or do things that are not as difficult than a couple of hours to really feel. But, but that kind of discipline that it's Daniel Pink, I think, uh, the, the book win. It's a great book for how to really leverage your time in such a way that it, it goes definitely something that we all yeah. kind of need to do. So Franklin Circles could go into that and, and, you know, meeting monthly or meeting, it's just, it's a wonderful structure for a dialogue that 
and, and, you know, you talk about humility and frugality and industriousness and uh, organization and, you know, just some basic good virtues and come away. I came away with some really good habits. I, I would love to return to that. How important do you think it is for women business owners to be connected in some sort of community like that, that oh. is open to dialogue, having um, kind of kind of questioning each other's ideas. Mm -hmm. How important, how much has that helped you grow as a business owner? It's enormous. Uh, one of the things that a disempowered culture of any kind will seek to be isolated. And if women don't feel powerful, they will isolate. Mm -hmm. I've seen it in organizations where women are, are not very prevalent. And they isolate and they feel like they got to hunker down and they got to do it. But there is such power, but Carol Gilligan is a developmental psychologist who wrote a lot about how women need, women especially, need their relationships to figure it out. I, I know who I am by, by knowing how I'm different than you and mm -hmm. how I'm like you. And, and those kinds of interactions are really important that, to my development and yours. And so we need our, our, our women's groups. We need our, our civic groups. And how do you think that, that parlays into you as an owner? I think, <sighs> you know, knowing yeah. yourself, I mean, I think it's really important to know who you are and be confident in who you are to be confident with your customers or mm -hmm. with your brand or your product or whatever you're it's, doing. It's a real thing. You know, you, you work a lot with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are sort of called on to be knowledgeable about a bunch of stuff that they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. so for me, I tried really hard to avoid all the math classes and mm -hmm. I, I managed to get through a whole degree by only taking math for elementary education majors as a substitution. So I thought I was home free, but it was a, it was a good, easy class at the end. But um, it turns out that math is in my life constantly. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm doing finance and I'm doing lots of, uh, lots of tax wait, stuff. Wait. So math is in your life all over. So that's what we like should be telling 100% of the, the time. The younger generation yes. to say, I don't like math. You cannot escape math. <laughs> it turns out math is important. Uh, you know, so, <laughs> and, 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 you know, actually the thing that I got into with the math is that you can also get creative with your strategic structures when you're talking about um, tax structures, business structures, you know, how you, you know, I, you can make numbers work for you the way you, you need you to. Can. Yeah. And, and, and reading is yeah. important because it turns mm -hmm. out it's really, if you read all the documents, you know, like reading the legislation that goes through, you know, where you can get money, you know, yeah. where you can do things. So being in a community and being able to talk to people and, and learn, cause you cannot know all the things that you need to know as an entrepreneur. And, and especially in an entrepreneurial setting, it's important to talk to other people who get it. It's it's like it's like you understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is pressure that won't go. Yeah, well. <laughs> I think that just knowing you're not alone and knowing you yeah. you know other people feel the things you you feel right, too. Right, right. It's it's, so it's a big thing. So, what is next for Lisa Urich on in your wheel? What's kind of what's what's within the next year? Well, within the next year, first we're going to create the hundred year plan. And <laughs> and then we'll figure it out. No, um, we we've got to, you know we're growing Franklin and we're working on how to do that sustainably for the next hundred years. I mean, what does that look like in other hands? How do we you know we've got a solar powered facility and we've got a lot of things sustainable. But the biggest sustainability is how do the how do you how do you grow the organization so that they can continue to grow it and and continue to help it evolve and. Then we're going to be look, working on the rest of the wheel. We've got a, an idea of Plenty on Poplar, which is a destination bookstore and venue um, in a barn kind of place. We want to grow lavender. There's, there's a bunch of things. But it turns out that launching a book is, is very much like starting another small business. 
There are 2,000 books published every week mm. in this country. Wow. Uh, uh, 2,000. And 90% of them come from the big three publishers. So if you're not coming from the big three publishers and you're part of that you know, 10% that's coming from all the other independent publishers, which is like me, um, then then there's there's work to be done. And I imagine it's true if you're with one of the big three too. They'd be like, you know, we, we own you, you yeah. got to do stuff. But I'm trying to figure out how that works. And because... I, I, I believe I've got a hopeful message and that this is a hopeful message that this country needs right now. And so I want it to have a shot at being heard somewhere. And, and in order to do that, I've got to work on that. But um, we're going to work on all of it, the, the, the water wheel. And, yeah. um, and do you see yourself better. retiring? This is retirement. Oh, this, this is, is <laughs> okay. Okay. This is, okay. This is retirement. Does Dave know that too? Or? Yes, oh, Dave would. Dave would absolutely, absolutely. So we, we started. We started all of this at a time that most people would be like putting their stuff together and saying, "This is this yeah. is how we 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 do retirement." And and for us, it was kind of like, "No, we're it's all in." And and uh, it's really changed how we think about owning things, or how we think about the future, or how we think about financials, or security, or you know, it's that all that's happening, um, but it's um, it's it's coming in a in a in a different way. But yeah, this is this is retirement. This is joy. I mean, yeah. you know, getting to getting to do work you love with people you love. Well, then I'm and, retired too. You know, so yeah, I there you go. <laughs> I, I think that's isn't that of, retirement? Yeah. You know, I I, yes. I I I think stopping all of that yes. just feels unhealthy. Somehow. I was a teacher for five years, and, and I stayed at home with my kids after that. And so I'm I told people to throw me a retirement party. <laughs> I love it. I was I love like it. 30 years old and I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm retiring from there teaching. Is a, so. a, there's a wonderful lady named Tanya. I can't remember her last name in Crossville. And she wrote a book called Retiring Backwards. And I was inspired by her several years ago, but she just basically said, you know, spell out your life in the way that you want it. Mm -hmm. And then why not have that now? You know, why not frame that now? And, mm -hmm. you know, we're in at this moment, a and I say this word, and Dave says, sans-demic. We are literally sans without demic people. And if you kind of look that up and the demographic drought, we didn't have, make enough people 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. So we have fewer people right now in the workforce. And then we lost more baby boomers during COVID. And so now we have this, 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 it's both a problem and an opportunity. So for businesses that are trying to grow their workforce, they're going to struggle to find people. But for people who want to live their retirement and live their best work life, there's, there's abundant opportunities. It's mm -hmm. never been a better place to say, this is what I want to do and this is how I want to shape it. And, you know, that's all being shaped, I think, or going to be heavily shaped by entrepreneurs who are finding their sweet spot, finding their strength, working out of their strengths. Because that's one of the things I love the strengths inventory um, and uh, the Clifton strengths. And when you work out of your strengths, it just feels good, mm -hmm. you know. It just it, feels, yeah, successful and yeah. yeah. It, it, it's easier than trying to mitigate your weaknesses. So mm -hmm. if you just double down on your strengths and you kind of go with that, and everybody's got superpowers. So, so part of your f future plan as well is um, possibly a podcast that goes along with. Yeah, the yeah. And so, mm -hmm. what's do, do we have a name? How far along the path of it, it's of it's uh, America becoming our time is ripe. Um, R.I.P.E. America Becoming, and that starts airing this week, and you can um, find it 
on podcast places. <laughs> the Apple podcast places. Any place Spotify, where you, you can find the podcast. This is a very new thing to me, yes. yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, and let me just say, um, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this or not, but I'm I'm going to. It's, yeah. I, I get to sit in the gold chair. So, um, I did a beautiful gold chair. It looks very powerful. I um, listened to the first five um, chapters uh, on um, audiobook, uh-huh. and you are so easy to listen to. You, oh, that's you're, you The say. inflection of your voice, and I just feel like I'm, you know, like a kid sitting on the floor where you're just like reading me a storybook. Mm-hmm. And so it's really great to hear you speak and speak confidently about what you're passionate about. Well, so thank you. The, the, the audio book will be done in the month of November um, and will be out. And the podcast is really for people who are interested in the book because what I, the feedback I get over and over again is that it's kind of dense in the sense that it's easy to read and at the same time there's a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. So people don't read it like all at once. They're like, I'm reading a chapter. It's a great book club kind of book or a place to, to linger. But the podcast is aimed specifically. It's just conversations with people in this room, um, conversations with people about the book that help us get get to a, a deeper understanding and, and another dialogue. Where do you draw the motivation to just it sounds bad to say you to think you can do it all, but I'm not saying. But like you can do, it. you have done it all. So where do you? That's true. I, you haven't seen my closet. Yeah. <laughs> well, that. that's what you got Jessica for. So what do you? You know, you write a book. You you decide. Okay, well, I'm gonna throw a podcast into this. Like, where do you find that motivation to just keep figuring? You know, like you said, I didn't know how to do a podcast a year ago. Yeah, I'm learning that myself. I, it, it's all connected. It's like, what does the business need? What does the book need? Mm-hmm. What do people need in order to connect with the book? And then figuring that out. I love coming up with ideas. And it is, and, and Dave and I balance each other because he is the editor of the ideas. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. it's like, here's all the ideas. And he's like, okay, he's a ranger. He's like, well, if we're going to do this, we got to do this, then this, yeah. and this. And it really is helpful um, because in, in, getting, in getting more done. But I, I certainly don't feel like I've done it all or even well not yet because you, you're just starting time. retirement now, so you, <laughs> you have lots to do so how can people find you find the book how, where are the ways to to look the into you? book is america becoming and it's available wherever books are sold so it's a it's on amazon i, I got mine on amazon yeah and amazon it turns out you know i've been kind of anti-amazon with the whole independent bookstore yeah, world I, yeah yeah but then i found as an independent author that suddenly they said, you're number one new release in public administration. And so the, the fact that they elevated the book uh, yeah. really was helpful. And uh, and then if you can get 100 recommendations of your book that by verified purchases, then they elevate your book further. So they have a whole promotions effort that's So go that's ahead valuable. and get the book and then leave a review. <laughs> and so we can help. Public- also Goodreads or, or whatever. But I'm lisayurick.com. That's, it's like a U H. R-I-K, yes. Uric, okay. um, and you can see podcasts and books and stuff. There's a workbook coming out um, that's kind of a companion that takes the exercises out of them and gives you space to do the exercise and kind of play with it. And From your Lisa Uric right website, are, can people contact you directly? Mm-hmm. Can they email you? Okay. Yeah. So lisauric.com, go check her out. Thank you so much for being here today. It was great to have you in. Um, I really appreciate that. This is the season two finale of Powered by Her. If you're interested in learning more about Powered by Her, you can go to poweredbyhercommunity.com. I'm Tiffany Anton, Lisa Yurick. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Tiffany.